Oh my god, are we gonna have another intro about Lady Gaga's Chromatica Oreos? I think we are, because everyone's been getting it. They found them, girl. Yeah, wait, so you never, the first episode, you said that you yeah. hadn't tried them yet. Have oh, you tried yes. the Oreos? I have tried the Oreos. They are fine. They're golden Oreos. If you like golden Oreos, Aww. girl, yeah, I know. Golden Oreos, not, they're not the wave. I'm sorry. Give me a, uh, the Oreo is God's perfect cookie. Yeah, I agree. And for me, it's like the golden sandwich cookie. It's like, what is that brand? Like Snackwell, maybe? Yeah, that is like mom's trying to lose weight but can't give up snacks. Yeah, but like that one for me is like, maybe it's just because my, my grandmother always gave those to me when I came yeah. over as a kid. But to me, that's like, <laughs> yes. like canonical, like golden sandwich cookie. Yeah. So when Oreo did it, I was like excited about it, but it just didn't hit right. It's, it's like everything just needs to stay in its lane. I think exactly. Yeah, Lorna Dune does her thing. Chips Ahoy does her thing. Oreo, do your thing. Yeah, Oreo, do your thing. Although I do have to admit that I got some like, oh, actually it wasn't Oreo. It was like H E B knockoff Oreos, and they were like mint flavored, like special edition for December, and they were so good, like peppermint. Okay. So yeah. So there's room, but I just I think it's when you like you said if when it's Oreo, it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. Now, I got some of the H-E-B ones, and it was, like, the hometown edition, so they had all the different cities in Texas, and the first one I pulled out was my hometown. That's so weird. Yeah, it was very weird. It was terrifying. That's scary. <laughs> was like, there are how many fucking counties in Texas? Like, 400? They literally like did every county? I think it's, it was just, like, the main cities and stuff, and, like, I'm from Beaumont, so it's, like, 120,000, so I guess that, like, it met the threshold of counting as a, as a city worthy of a cookie. Wow, I wonder if the Woodlands had one. <laughs> <laughs> they just hit Houston. <laughs> the Woodlands like, actually can't. like send a cease and desist letter to Oreos. Like, we did not sign <laughs> off on this. How um, dare you? We have our own cookies. And now came talk. 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 Hi! Hi, welcome. This is episode three. Yeah, it'll be in order. I'm not going to be one of those pods that's like, we don't know when this is going to come out. This is episode three. This is episode uh, three, ep- damn it. <laughs> episode th- if it's episode five, it'll still be episode three. Who cares when it comes out? It's the third episode. We're trying to tell a story. Baby. We are telling... This is The Wire. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Straight People Movies. This is the podcast where two gays watch a movie for straight people and ask, Why? 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 Why do you like that? Why? What is the hmm. point? That's interesting. Hmm. hmm. Huh. Okay. My name yeah. is Dylan. My name is Kirk. And uh, we're the gays. That's us. Yeah, that we we're the it. gays, the the ones that will be talking about straight people movies. What if it was two different gays? <laughs> what if you listened to like the five minute called open and then this intro and then it was like, and now we hand it off to the homosexuals. It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you like get water served to you and you yeah. think it's your server and you can start ordering a drink or appetizers or whatever. And they're like, oh, and your server will be with you in just a moment. And you're like, oh. Okay. And then they'll be like, okay, okay, okay. Then someone will bring you like bread or chips or something like that. And you're like, hey, can I? And they just turn around and walk away. And right. It's like, okay. What is this circus? This Are we at Barnum and Bailey? Is but this don't- the greatest showman? But don't worry, everyone, because we'll be taking care of y'all from we'll be beginning to the absolute finish. When you're here, you're family. Yeah. So welcome. Welcome. I live across the street from an olive garden and have yet to gone. 
get get to go um, get to gone to the Olive Garden. <laughs> she didn't already done had hers gar- <laughs> Olive Garden, <laughs> her endless breadsticks, Girl, bottomless it, breadsticks. Yeah, is that want- what it is? It's endless soup and salad and bottomless breadsticks. I've never been an Olive Garden girl. I mean, I like, who doesn't like it? But I I just never am thinking like, let's go to fucking Olive Garden. Yeah, no. (laughs) One time I went when I lived by myself and I like read a book. (laughs) Don't remember what book it was. It might have been, I don't know. I don't, never mind. I'm cutting this part out. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What are we watching today? Well, we're going to be watching maybe one of the most, uh, surprising phenomenons of the last 10 years in terms of movies yeah we're watching mad max fury road everybody yeah baby i feel like we watch like two relatively quiet movies in a row and then we're like for our third movie let's fucking go yeah we're gonna we're going vroom vroom by charlie xcx we sure are rest in peace sophie yeah rest in peace baby we love you um yeah we're gonna be talking about mad max fury road um yeah, a movie that pretty much took the world by storm back five years exactly. ago, six years ago, I guess now. And, you know, got nominated for a bunch of Oscars, this and that. What, mm-hmm. um, Dylan, did you see this movie when it first came out? I saw it twice in theaters when it first came out. And it was just like just throwing up from excitement. Like it was so, I'd never seen anything like it before. I mean, I love the Mad Max movies. and Like I'd watch them all as a kid. But this, I was just like, movies can do this oh my god i totally agree with you i saw the movie in theaters when it first came out like was really hyped for it definitely never been like an action movie girl i am definitely like your classic like american beauty was my favorite movie at 15 gay (laughs) you know and i was like i I remembered watching the mad max movies as a kid liking them okay like whatever Mm -hmm. i remember like tina turner like served in the beyond the thunderdome one Um, but overall, wasn't really like a Mad Max girl. And I saw the movie, heard it was like a blast, heard it was like the, one of the best action movies in years. And I was with that general consensus, I would say. Yep. I yep. loved it. I don't think I saw it more than once, but that that viewing experience was like, it's ingrained in my mind. I had such mm-hmm. a good time in the theater. It was like that and like <laughs> the closest other like experience I can think of is like climax of like leaving the theater just like fully drained just exhausted <laughs> except the difference is that you're drained from <laughs> Max fury road because it's just like the loudest movie of all time and climax is like actually like truly disturbing on levels that i will never fully comprehend once again when we get to the patreon level we will do a climax episode oh my god i don't know if i can rewatch climax i literally <laughs> like i uh, like ugh. Yeah, I had a very stressful viewing. Don't watch Climax at a matinee after you've had a pot of coffee, people. <laughs> Bad decision. <sighs> yeah, so Mad Max Fury Road, we, just like everyone else in the world, loved it. Loved um, it. Do you still feel that way now? Uh, Yeah, I watched it today and I was like, fuck, this movie is so fucking good. Like, watching, I was like 20 minutes in and I was like, God, this movie is a masterpiece. Jesus Christ. Like, I can't even, like, I just had to, I hate the phrase turn your brain off, but I just had to turn my brain off and just succumb to the movie. And boy, did I ever, yes, there are problems with it, uh, particularly when the movie stops. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I think as a whole, I was just like, the experience of Mad Max is so next level that I had. I can't do anything but love it. So, yeah, I, I would say that I still really like the movie a lot. But I definitely found myself, like, not as into it this go-around as I did back when I first saw it. I don't know why, because my second big viewing of the movie that I had of it was a few months ago. I went 
with a friend for his birthday. Um, they like rented out a private theater at Alamo Draft House. So I got to see it on the big screen again. And I get maybe it was just the fact that I was like in an audience of a bunch of like gays that had like never seen it before. And I think that they like went into it being like, I'm not gonna like this movie. Um <laughs> I think it could have like influenced my decision, but I tried to watch a little bit of it again today and it's still just like I enjoy the movie. I love how full throttle it is. I love how balls to the wall it is. I love that it doesn't give a fuck. It's chaotic. But there are a lot of weird, like little things wrong with it that were just a little bit more noticeable yeah. this time to me. Um, but I still love the movie. I would still like say yes. for me, it's like a solid, like four out of five. Like I really, really love it, enjoy it. And think it's like a great example of like, like what I want an action movie to be, which is just like a spectacle. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we can discuss a little bit more about, I guess when we talk about the movie, like some of the things that maybe kind of stood yeah. out to me more this time around. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would have to say maybe it didn't age super great, at least on my end. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like when we get deeper into the plot, I totally understand. Just because I think it's something that, and we'll get into it later, but like the movie, I think a good ex- a good through line with Drive and Princess Bride is that this movie has taken on a life outside of the movie itself and has kind of been memed to death and has been like co-opted to mean a different thing than it actually means, which I feel like the, the external uh, compliments to this movie are definitely negative right right and like, I, mean, I feel like this movie has definitely been like it's turned into went from this like insane action spectacle to just like I, I hate to say it but it's like now it's a movie i think it's tainted by like trump like i think it's a movie that ex- exists only as a metaphor for trump which is right. upsetting because it's like it's poison now it's that's fully so poison. interesting yeah i mean like it is really weird that that movie came out in 2015 and then like lo and behold a year later, it's like a grand analogy for like (laughs) kind of the situation we've been in. And I do think that for me, the, yeah, I do agree. The movie has taken on a life of its own. And I do think a lot of it, like, I mean, there's a reason why we're doing this film, straight people movies, because I do think it became a movie that, I mean, of course, action movie, yada, yada, yada. There's, a lot of reasons why this movie got co-opted. We got by... a lot of action movies on our list. Right. Like, it's like the straight boy genre. But yeah. I do think that, like, this movie was a movie that, like, my girlfriends liked. Like, other my gay friends liked. Like, I feel like it's a movie that everyone really enjoyed. But I feel like straight boys, like, really, really, really they're Yeah, they're the ones loved. keeping the drum going. They're, they're the yeah. ones keeping it going. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to say if that's part of, like, why the movie was a little bit of a different experience for me, like, six years later or not. But it, it definitely is something I've noticed. It's something I've noticed culturally. Um, it's definitely, like – and also, like, the fact that, like, it went into the – it was, like, nominated for Best Picture and it was, like, a big, like, success and, like, went yeah. against the odds. It got, I, I bet it was second place for Best Picture, the Oscars. No, I – it was so close. I thought it was going to win. I remember predicting yeah. it for the win. It truly was like the little engine that could. And I don't know if yeah. you read that, like, I don't know if it was like the New York Times or whatever, but like there was a big article done about it for its five-year anniversary last year. And it talked about how it had like the most insane production history and it like took forever for it to get off the ground. And then even filming it was yeah. like a nightmare. And they like literally were like scrambling to get it finished before it's like premiere. And it was like a whole mess. Oh. And it was also directed by like, George Miller was like what, like seventy something years he's, old. He's old as shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's like out there in the desert, like in the outback, I guess, or wherever they filmed it, like in the hot sun and cold nights, like filming, like yeah, these insane set pieces with these insane cars and trucks and things. Yeah, I mean, it's like the whole thing is just like 
it was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess looking back, maybe a lot like movies weren't as like button pushing and exciting, at least mainstream movies weren't maybe around the time. And it just kind of like, it kind of brought like the action spectacle back. It was like the matrix for our generation yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. I feel like it was like, came right at the peak at the first peak of Marvel fatigue. Uh, and I could that see that. we all were like, so, cause 2015, so that, so that's like right after age of Ultron, which is like the first sort of Marvel movie that people were like, okay, maybe this is kind of stupid. Uh, and I think then you have Mad Max come in and it's this movie that looks like absolutely nothing else. It looks like a crazy Australian seventies fever dream It is has women in it, which is rare for action <laughs> movies. <laughs> it has a woman in it. it has many women. Um, right. And so I think it, it just at that point, it was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It was the matrix of its time. Of its time six years ago. <laughs> I just realized that we've been like going on and on and on about the movie, but I guess we just have a lot to say, but we, have, we haven't even yeah. done like a proper introduction oh, yeah, of the film yet. That. Let's so go we in. throw that in there really quick. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Mad Max Fury Road, 2015 film directed by George Miller. Uh, the fourth in the Mad Max series, which I believe he directed all of them, right? Yeah. So he directed every single Mad Max series from the 70s until now. And it stars Tom Hardy... <laughs> As the titular character, which we will we'll get, get into to. the Tom Hardiness. Um, Charlize Theron as the iconic character Furiosa. Uh, Nicholas Holt as Nux. Hugh Keys Byrne as a Morton Joe, the villain. Yes, and then uh, we have a couple of different, like, you know, brides or his, like, Some wives. nepotism moves. <laughs> yeah, we got Zoe Kravitz. We got Riley Keough. I actually looked up how to pronounce it before this. Riley Keough. 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 Um, some models, I don't know. And then every weirdo Australian actor ever. Yeah, <laughs> they're all in that, there. <laughs> and that's pretty much uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've already kind of dived into its legacy, what it was kind of doing when it came out, how that's gone on. The movie itself, it is a spectacle, all caps. <laughs> It is it set is, piece the movie. It is. And it literally from the beginning to the finish, minus maybe like a couple of like literally two minute long dialogue scenes, is just like, I don't know car terms, but like it was like pedal, pedal to the metal, pedal to the metal. damn it. Pedal <laughs> yeah, to the metal. Galaxy Quest, you know. <laughs> two hours. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a longer film, especially for an action film. And it like, it is just go, 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 go. The whole that is movie. my kind of gripe with. Mad Max is that it's too long. <laughs> it is a little long. It's like this movie, when a movie is like this, like, uh, it needs to be 100 minutes max. You can't have totally. three digits in those numbers. I will give the film this, though. It's like we have three to four pretty big scenes that last like a really long time, right? Like these like kind of like extended battle sequences on the road, which already as a concept is like mind blowing, right? Like war on wheels, awesome but like i will say that he does do a good job of keeping them interesting and that he saves like the really good shit for like the very last one when they're like on their way back yes like they're all the, like they're the all pull, so distinct the pull things and yes. the like it's like they really do up the ante the whole movie which i think is one of its strengths as a film yeah. it really does keep you engaged and it like you, you think they've taken it there or taken it up a notch and you're like oh no they're about to take it up another notch it's like, oh yeah, it's like, I love it. I love all those action pieces because they are basically, it's, it's not a 
width of different things they do, but the depth of the different actions they take are so insane because they're all practically the same. It's all one big car that they're trying to destroy, that a bunch of little cars trying to destroy. But every single set piece is so completely different, so visually distinct. Everything feels, you know, the stakes are very different in each one. And which one's your favorite? I mean, it has to be the last one. <laughs> the last I think, so yeah, good. I think for me it is the last one because I think like the, the sequences of like them like flip flopping on those like pole things and like grabbing like so Zoe Kravitz cool. out of the truck and like just everything about like that sequence is just mm-hmm. such a spectacle to look at it. It's so beautiful. And I and, and I want to like throw this out here and I, I've talked about this with other people, but I think what makes Mad Max Fury Road like work really well as an action spectacle piece of a film is that it's really well edited because you can yes. you can understand the action you're seeing. Because the stunts, most of them are real. There's not a, a lot of CGI. There is, but it's not as like prominent as in most other modern action films. And you really get a sense of what's going on, and you can kind of follow the action, which is like mm-hmm. crazy. I think that's a really big advantage this movie has is that it takes place ninety percent in the daytime, and even the nighttime scene is this like this hue of blue that it's even right. then it's visually stunning and you can understand it's very happening. dramatic yeah i mean i think when i think about like i think action movies and i'm about to like shit on not shit on but like be a little critical of some like favorites of people movies that i enjoy too but i do think that like in the 2000s you got a lot of these kinds of like the born series for example with this kind of like choppy editing style and the like shaky handled camera and uh, even like the Dark Knight, like I love the Dark Knight. I'm not gonna like come for the Dark Knight, but it's like I'll come uh, for the Dark these kind of the dark, very realistic, gritty kind of like I remember like a lot of Batman's fights and that those films feel very like chaotic and like I can't follow exactly like what the fuck is going on. Well, like that even happens in like Chris and like <laughs> in Tenet, where it's like yep. that reverse car scene that takes place in the day is like incomprehensible. Yeah. And it's like, this should be easy to follow. <laughs> Why is right. this hard to follow? Right. And it's like, that's the thing is it's like, it's like gone. It's like funny though. Cause we're so used to this kind of like, like style of yeah. like action <laughs> editing that like when you watch like an old car chase sequence from like, say like a seventies James Bond film, it feels boring, which is so sad because it's real. Like what you're watching is like yeah. actual real, like impressive footage. That's like beautifully put together of a car chase. And it's like, I just feel sad for like, the new generation of like boys that like love like action movies and like love car movies or whatever like that, that are so used to this kind of like this, like, like oh, music like, video style. Yeah, exactly. There's like sensory overload and it's just like, it, it's too much. And I think Mad Max finds this beautiful balance between being easy to follow and it's action, but also like it is a, a quick paced film. It does like have a lot of like very modern feel to it, but it just take it just elevates it. I think to another level. Yeah. Uh, everything is so well designed and just beautiful to look at and you can tell that every single thing has a purpose and a place and has a reason and is in reaction to something that has already happened like for example uh like one of my favorite scenes it's not even like a a chase scene it's uh when max finally gets to furiosa and what what are the girls called? They have an the, the caravan. They're called of, like the wives. The wives. When he gets to the wives, and he has the water, and there's this like fight scene between all of them. But he's also chained to a knocked out Nicholas Holt, and Furiosa yeah. is trying to get there. And Furiosa goes and smashes the skull under her car that has a gun on it. And it's like that's so. I love that that's there because it implies that she has had to do something like this before and has learned from her lesson and to put put a gun there. 
Right. I mean, I think it's a really great thing about the film. I do agree is that the world feels so like lived in and thought out. And I'm sure that part of that is because he's made three other films in this franchise and he's like had decades to like really build this world. Um, But I do get the sense that unlike other like apocalyptic or like post-apocalyptic films, that there really is a sense of like lived inness where it's like these characters live in living hell every single day. And they're like somehow resilient through all that, which is like insane. But there is a, at least they're har- they're actually hardened. Like I, it's like funny because it's like I even appreciate like the close ups on people's like hands in the film, and you can see how like how dirty and like nasty they are. Like I feel like other films don't take it as far as Mad Max does. I do think that like I would like consider this movie like straight camp is the term i'm gonna use <laughs> there are some definitely like campy performances yeah because it's like for me it like it feels lived in but there is this kind of like fun it knows it's fun right well like, just like camp knows it's fun and it knows it's over the top it knows it's ridiculous but it's still like but i'm gonna take this shit seriously and i think that for me what makes it straight camp versus like just regular camp is how like ugly and gross and like rotting and like filthy this movie is not like in a john waters way that like gays gravitate towards but like in a way that's like truly like appalling to look at like that scene at the beginning where the little boy's like blowing like medicinal powder on a morton joe and they put that disgusting like armor plastic armor thing on him it's like truly revolting his his art pop armor (laughs) you know morton joe with her mask on looks like lady gaga at the vmas (laughs) oh my god stop (laughs) Stop. Even, like, the hair is, like, Bitch, blown out. Bitch, welcome to Chromatica. It's, like, bl- Martin Joe's blowing out hair. And his, like, Marie Antoinette makeup. We love to oh, see bitch. it, bitch. And his son, the, uh, fuck, what is his name? I put it down. On oh, the, girl, the, I can't remember. Girl, oh, I can remember Rictus a Morton Joe. Rictus Erectus, the muscle daddy. He's, Stop like, a it. sidekick, bitch. Rictic, well, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because we were going to get to, like, a, you know, straight and gay portion. But I think you can, you'll probably be able to guess what uh, <laughs> section that's going to go under. Yeah, girl. Um, I love Rictus Erectus. But, yeah. I my think favorite that, thing about, my favorite incredibly tiny detail about the movie is that, did you notice what Furiosa's uh, gas pedal was? No, I don't recall. It's a shoe sizer. Stop it. Like when you go to the mall as a shoe sizer. That's so good. I love it. And there's so much little stuff. Like every, it's so, the whole movie feels built and homemade, but like just people who building it, not because it looks cool, but because that's all they have. And then that's what makes it cool. I think because it, it, it simultaneously was a kind of like a DIY production. Right. And they were like struggling with money and had to keep asking for money. If you read the, I, I, I have to like remember We'll put, it can, in the show notes. we'll put it like in the notes, but like there's this really great article I think everyone should read that talks about the production history. But I think what's cool about that is that it was DIY and it makes sense that it would look DIY because they literally live in a world where they have to like construct things out of yeah. scrap material every single day, just fucking figure it out, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, the movie is really astonishing in it's aesthetic. It's really astonishing in its world building. And it's really astonishing in its execution. The editing, yeah. the visual effects, the stunts. The stunts are really, like, amazing and beautiful. Are, I do not know how they did any of those. It's amazing. It truly is incredible. And it's fun. That's the thing. Like I was saying, it's a fun movie. Like, it takes itself seriously, but it's not like The Dark Knight where it's like, this is a capital F yeah. film. It takes it seriously and it has fun with it, but it's not mean ever. 
It's no. never like mean. It's never like it doesn't think any. It doesn't uh, look down on any of the characters. No, totally not. No, you can you really get like the feeling that this is a labor of love when you're watching this movie, and that George Miller cares deeply about these characters in this world that he's built. And like his, the rest of his movies, the rest of his non Mad Max movies are like kind of like that, even if they're not in tone. Like he's in between Mad Max and. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Fury Road, he did the two Babe movies. I know, amazing. And the two Happy Feet movies. He did both of the Babe movies because I specifically remember Babe, Pig in the City as a child being like my first experience like being on drugs. Like I remember (laughs) at 10 being like, this is, this is drugs. This is what drugs (laughs) are like. Because that movie is bizarre. I haven't, I've never seen Babe, Pig in the City, but I do, I watched Babe recently-ish, like in the past couple of years. Babe's so fucking good, man. Is it good? Babe is so good. Man, in the 90s, there were so many, like, great, like, heartwarming kids' movies. I feel like all kids' movies in the 90s were either, like, heartwarming, like, Babe, or, or like, or like the Indian in the Cupboard, or whatever. It was all, like, very, like, you know, like, we're, like, trying to teach the, the youth something, you know? Or it was, like, fucking, like, James and the Giant Peach, like, fucking, like, bleh, scary. <laughs> well, we talk, it's, I mean, it's a thing, Shrek, Shrek changed movies. It did, and it's like, I love Shrek, but I also, like, miss every, like, all, all the kids' movies pre-Shrek, I gotta say. Well, it's like it made, it, it made earnestness in kids' movies awful. And I right. think recently, like, we kind of, like, we watched Paddington, and it's like, oh, thank God, finally something that's, like, Some, not ironic. Something that's just sincere and sweet. Yeah, I agree, because it's like, I was talking about like, Fern Gully with some coworkers Hell recently, yeah. and it's just like, man... <laughs> There's no movies like that anymore that are just, like, teaching kids, like, you know, pollution. It's a monster, literally. It's the villain of this movie. And it's just so fun. Um, but anyway, we digress. We digress. Mad Max Fury Road. Speaking yeah, I mean, of pollution being the monster, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And, like, withholding water. And, like, yeah, I mean, the movie... The movie... I, I guess what's hard is, like, the only thing to really talk about when it comes to this movie is, like, the aesthetic and the visuals because there really is, and I mean this in a good way, no plot to this movie. This is... This movie is... They go to point... They're at point A and they go to point B. Are like, oh, shit, this ain't gonna work. And they go back from to point A from point B. <laughs> they are... That's basically the plot is, like, Immortan Joe has a, a cabal of, of young, fertile women that he's trying to birth a son from. And they run away with Furiosa to the green place. Right. And he wants his son back, basically. Because one of them one of them that isn't nepotism uh, is pregnant. <laughs> yeah, but isn't she the one that's like a Victoria's Secret model or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> she's the one that's a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, I think uh, that, like, the... I don't know if this is, like, the time to transition to what makes this movie straight. Let's go in. Because I think that for me, I think the biggest glaring thing about this film for me that, like, threw me off six years later was at the time when this movie came out, everyone was like applauding it and deservedly mm-hmm. so for being very feminist. Right. Yeah. You got Charlize Theron, like surprising everyone as actually being the real main character of this movie and not Tom Hardy. Who's like incomprehensible. I, I accent took a is- note. He does not have his mask off until minute 45. No, totally. And then he, and he like literally grunts as he does in every film that he's ever in, which I think again, like straight as fuck. We'll get like, into it. Tom Hardy's <laughs> incomprehensible accents is like the straightest thing in movies right now. Um, but for me, I think that like the, the, the thing is, is it's like, I get it. And it's like, it's great. And Furiosa is an amazing hero. And I love yes. Charlize in the role. She absolutely kills it. But there is something kind of like weird about the whole, like there's something that rubs me the wrong way about the whole like wives storyline. It's like, it's cool. Cause it's like, yes, like get these like fucking like these women that are in these horrible conditions. These like rape survivors away from this horrible man. Like I get it. But it's also like, 
you're, I don't know, there's something about, like, how beautiful and, like, scantily clothed they are. It's and like they I, have no life outside of that either. Yeah, there's no, they have no characters. And then they even have the gall, and this really rubbed me the wrong way, to have there be a romantic subplot between Riley Keough's character and Nicholas Holt's character. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? It's like one of the things I love about the movie is that they didn't do that between Mad Max and Furiosa. I was like, thank God, a male and female friendship? God fucking forbid. And it's amazing. And that's one of the things about the movie that I think is really strong. But maybe some of the other things about the movie that we also were like, yes, the feminism or like, yes, like paving the way for different kinds of characters and action movies that maybe yeah. six years later, because a lot has changed in those six years, that I'm a little like, okay, it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, but maybe now it feels a little, eh. I think it's, uh, it's cool that we have an action hero that's like disabled. Like, you never see that, because Furiosa is missing an arm, which is just, like, I have literally never seen and have not seen since a character with a prosthetic, and that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) I agree, and I think even, like, the little things, like, the fact that she's got this kind of, like, she's got, like, the shaped head, which, like, kind of, like, strips away, like, what people would consider her, like, femininity or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, like... She's still, like, her breasts are out. There's, like, no mistaking that she's a woman. You know what I mean? Like, the movie's not trying to, like, make her, like, male or whatever. It's like, no, she's a badass fucking bitch. Like, this woman is kicking ass. And I love that the movie really embraces that. And I think she's probably, like, the strongest, at least in my opinion, the strongest, like, female action hero since, like, The Bride and Kill Bill. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, I mean, like, people will probably bring up, like, uh, Emily Blunt and edge of tomorrow but it's like girl you're just being <laughs> contrarian at that point I, mean, like, I love her in edge of tomorrow and i also loved her in like sicario too oh, yeah. i've never seen sicario you should That's watch it I'm... it's good it's good it's not my favorite by by denis but i really enjoyed it um i, it, I don't want to get into it but there's other i got issues with it in, in some ways but emily blunt kind of plays like a strong silent kind of like stoic hero which is great which is very cool but for me, it's like Charlize Theron's got, like, the, the the rivers in the valley. She's got, like, so much going on in that performance. It's very layered. The character is very complex. And in just a few, like, a, a couple of dialogue scenes that are peppered <laughs> literally into this movie, <laughs> she really, like, sells the character. Um, and she just makes a badass action hero. Like, she – and I think that she puts emotions in her action hero, too. It's like when the, the stakes are high, which the stakes are very high, like, the whole fucking movie. It's like there's a little tear behind her eyes, but she's still going to fucking kick ass. and She's still going to fucking do what she needs to do to save these girls. And I think that that is the femininity, quote-unquote, if you want to put it that way, that she kind of brings into the yeah. archetypal action And then also the, the, like, the mothers at the green place. I feel like they have more of a – they get more of a story in, like, the, their 15 minutes of screen time than the the wives do which is so just like hmm right and i think that's where the movie gets a little weird for me and then even with the older women i love their story and i love like the fact that they come back with them are like fuck it let's just like go out in a blaze of glory like saving <laughs> all these old lesbians killing all these yeah all right these, like, but it, but but even then it's like okay they're like in the movie for like 15 minutes like they you know what i mean it's like i appreciate what george miller's done but at the same time like i think that maybe it deserves all the applause, I think. I just think that, like, it's okay that six years later we can be like, okay, but maybe there's something to be a little critical about Yeah, with the movie. There's um, the scene in the, in the final set piece where it's with the, the mothers fighting where the, the main one gets, like, she gets hurt really bad and sits back down and is really quiet. I was like, this is me whenever I break my phone at the club. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
and I'm, you know, 15 drinks in, and it's like, oh no, my phone is shattered. I'm just going to sit here now. Yeah, you're 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 good for that. I'm the kind of girl that would like throw a full on like candy muse style <laughs> temper tantrum at the club. So. Girl, candy muse. It's <laughs> not a RuPaul podcast, but yeah, uh, well, girl, all it, the new all the New York girls need to shut the fuck up. Oh uh, yeah, the last couple seasons they've been like honestly like kind of like ruining the whole show for me. Yes, um, I, no more uh, New York queens. Anyway, uh, other things that make this movie straight: it's loud. Yes, it's fast. And it has <laughs> no plot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, cars. Yeah, oh, yeah, we love cars. Period. It's cars, that's multiple cars on the car. Yeah, I don't even need to say anything other than cars. It's got cars in it, and it's very prominent in the film. Cars. Cars. Um, and like I said, I think, the, the again, I want to go back to kind of like my straight camp thing, where it's like there's something so like ugly about the whole movie. Uh, uh, ugly in an amazing way, but I do think that like straight men or like straight people tend to gravitate more towards that kind of like nastiness than mm-hmm. gay people do. I think that what's cool about this movie is that it's a very straight movie, I would say, but it's like, it's still, it's just so good that it's like, how are you not going to like love it as a gay man? Yeah. It's like, it's art, it's artful and it's done. I think just post-apocalypse in general is straight. Uh, I agree. It's a very straight <laughs> subgenre. My, my old, my old boss, uh, Tariano, um, she always brings up every time it's a post-apocalyptic thing. She was like, I would just kill myself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl, same. If right. the second this happens, like I would, whenever Tom Hardy opens that door and it's the edge of the cliff and he stops, and I would have just gone. No, right totally. On off. I think that's what it is. And it goes back to like what we said about like drive and the princess bride, where it's like, that's where the relatability gets a little lost where it's like, <laughs> I'm totally with you. Like I wouldn't even like try to even survive in a post-apocalyptic setting, no. but I think straight guys are delusional and they're very like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Like I would fucking like do it. Oh, like, I'd kill him. Yeah. Or like, Oh, I wouldn't have done what Max does. Like I would have done like that. <laughs> like, oh, like, Furious is pretty cool, but like, I would have like had this other like way cooler plan. She'd have hidden like, guns. I would have had a hidden gun. Yeah. I would have had like five hidden guns. Not my just bra, my arm would have been a hidden gun. You ever see that movie? Rose McGowan where her legs are gone. Oh my god, no. No, Planet gun. Terror is a gay movie. I... Planet Terror is high gay movie. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Terror. Rose McGowan with a gun leg is gay lore. Yeah. <laughs> actually, both Grindhouse movies are gay. I love both of the Grindhouse I actually movies. love Death Proof. I think it's really underrated. Um, underrated Tarantino. Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, yes. I think that like... Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the movie just kind of gives boys what they want. It just gives boys what they want. They, it gives you action sequence after action sequence, barely any dialogue, barely any plot. There's real stunts, and you know how straight boys feel about stunts. Oh, girl, if I see another straight person say, this is why we need to have a stunt category at the Oscars. Which is, like, tea, but also, like, we get it. You love yeah, stunts. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they love stunts. Also, I think for me, and we haven't gotten to talk about these kinds, these, this this whole subsect of like characters, but like the war boys, just like in general, oh girl, <laughs> are just like girl. What? that's actually the darkest is the war boys. Like yeah. that was the most like oh girl, this did predict Trump, bitch. Like oh yeah, no. <laughs> they are literally like alt writers, and like yeah, I feel like the whole journey that Nicholas Holt's character goes on is very much like an incel discovering that like women have feelings. Yeah, it's an, it's, an, it's an incel listening to Chapo Chop House for the first time. <laughs> it's very that, and I just think their whole entire, like, I mean, I love it. It's so camp, but it's, like, shiny and chrome or whatever the uh, fuck, and they, like, kamikaze themselves. I'm just like, man, it. this is, like, something else. Like, I feel like when I watch those characters, I'm like, I don't know. I, it doesn't matter the amount of brainwashing I would have gotten. I truly just think I would. They would have just, like, 
throw me off a cliff, they'd be like, you're not Warboy material. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, like, there's just no way that I could ever be one of those guys. No. And I just find their whole entire, like, the, the whole arc that Nicholas Holt has, and just them as characters, should just be incredibly straight in every single way. And like you said, you know, and I, I wasn't as aware with these kind of, like, Trump comparisons. So you're kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, having kind of, like, a low moment because you're, like, so right about that. Yeah, it's a very, I've it just, like, it's, I remember in, like, 2016 specifically, like, about, yeah, about a year removed from it, and they were like, oh, no, like, there are all these, like, memes comparing Morton Joe to Trump, and it's like, yeah, you're kind of right. But then, <laughs> thankfully, but also not thankfully, uh, and then The Handmaid's Tale came along, and that, that became the poster child of, like, hashtag resistance Twitter, like, media, and I was like, okay, you can thankfully leave mad max alone. you're like leave mad max alone we don't want to hate this movie damn it please no it's fine although i did listen to the audiobook the handmaid's tale read by claire danes oh my mad god max. i love claire danes girl <laughs> oh my that's god. the wave if you that's... want to, you know, she's like always on the verge of tears i love it that's amazing i'm totally gonna listen to it you know like i live for claire danes quivering chin when she cries it's like Ugh. oh it's so great Oh, anyway, uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, literally everything about this movie is pretty straight. I we would have Poster say. Child, straight actor Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy, who is who... in every straight movie. He's in Bronson, which we talked about in our first episode for a little bit. Inception, always giving an insane accent that no one asked for mm-hmm. him to do. This is peak the era of him having a mask over his face where you can't hear him because it's also this, it's also Bane, it's right. also Dunkirk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Tom Hardy's presence in this movie is very straight. Everything about this movie is, like, pretty straight, which is why I think I love it, because it's, like, it, it's so straight that it becomes camp. It's, like, yeah. post-apocalypse, check. Like, psychotic, like, Nazi-like figures that follow, like, a Trump-like figure head. Check. You got fucking cars. You got fucking fire. You got fucking explosions. You got you real got the, stunts. We would be remiss if we didn't mention the Doof Lord or whatever his name is, the guitar player. Oh my God. Well, actually, that's a great transition because I wanted to pose a question to you. Yeah. Is the guitar guy <laughs> in Mad Max Fury Road bisexual? I, I would I would say bisexual, yeah. I because I think it's kind of like, he's... it's like the bridge between the gay, yeah. the straight things about this movie and the gay things about this movie, I would say. Yeah, it's the, it's the two fist bumps, so the two big muscle arms holding hands, yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely think so, because it's like, he's clearly a state-funded artist, which is gay. <laughs> yeah, just canonically, that's gay. Yeah, that's gay. If you get money if you <laughs> from the endowment for the arts, girl, that's gay. Yeah, But no. he's playing guitar, the straightest instrument, and... It, it's flames. It's flames. And it's just so like 80s hair metal rock, like yeah. silliness. And it's just the idea that like in the future, I guess, that like a battle, what do you call, like, you know, like in the Civil War, you know what it's I mean? Like a little they're, drum they're like, they're little they're drums like, and they're like yeah, they're scaring like the other. Player. Yeah. I was about to say scaring the other team. Wow. <laughs> I need to be Could stopped. Could you imagine hearing like a, a fucking penny whistle come through the, the field and be like, oh shit, dog is happening. <laughs> yeah, dog. We're, we're about to die. Like, <laughs> no, like I just loved the idea that it was like these like big drums and then like at the center, this like guy playing electric guitar solos. Like, I just think that like for me, yeah, like it, it's hard. It's straight camp but for me it's so campy that like it's like how can i also not like love that well that he's suspended from like fucking silks like he's fucking pink girl like yeah, yeah girl it makes it li- all of it is so creative and doesn't make any sense to me i fucking love it i don't oh, understand oh they never explain him there's so much in the movie that i could explain that they never explain and i'm so happy i love that about the movie never i love that it kind of just trusts you to get thrust into it like it's like the whole like 
yeah, they really just throw you into the movie. They, there's like a lot of terminologies and they just kind of are like, it's cool. I think it's really cool. I think it's great when people kind of throw you into the world. Actually, one of the things I don't like about the movie is the beginning where like Max gives like a voiceover and kind of tries to like set up everything for us. Oh, I'm that's just, like, the worst part of the movie. Yeah, I'm just like, don't, we don't need that. Just like throw us in. Just throw us in. It's fine. I don't have anyone else's backstory. Do you, we don't need it. Yeah, we don't need yours. I think yeah. it was just to kind of remind audiences of who Mad Max is, but it's like, girl, like, I, I don't even think any of us remember. I, I cannot. Yeah, the last time I watched a Mad Max movie that was not Fury Road, I was a preteen, probably. Yeah, I was pretty, yeah, I was probably like, I do remember watching all of them with my dad when we were both sick one day, and we just watched all of them, all three of them on a couch, and I think I was like 12. I love that. That is such a, like, a dad-son, like, movie marathon. It's like, it's like the James Bond movies, and then, like, the Mad Max movies. Yeah. Like, those are, like, canon. Yeah, and um, I, of course, my favorite was Beyond Thunderdome. I mean, of course. And it also, it, like, had a bunch of little kids in it, and I was like, I want to yeah. be, like, one of the little kids. Maybe not the ones that died, but... <laughs> um so okay so what's gay about this movie i have a list yeah i mean i think there's actually quite a few things that are gay about this movie we already talked about her earlier but the fact that lady gaga references it in the stupid love video is gay (laughs) that this takes place on chromatica uh is gay yes that the mad max fury road is actually set on chromatica yeah my name isn't alice but i'm still looking for gas town uh <laughs> uh, I think that other gate. So there's like a couple of other villains that show up besides Morton Joe, and there's the one with the big foot, uh, the big foot and the nose, the fake nose, I yeah. guess. And then, but he has nipple clamps and holes yes. cut out for his nipples, and he's just rubbing them the whole time. Yes, that's gay. Yeah, gay notice notice a theme here that like a lot of villains, like because this happened in the Princess Bride too, where the villains <laughs> are the gay ones, and there's nipples. always like a weird BDSM angle, and it just kind of makes you think like this is what straight people like when they're being creative yeah. and imagining villains. They're like, oh, yeah. like a muscle daddy, like <laughs> nipple clamping. Like BDSM motherfucker who likes boys. That's yeah. a villain. That's a villain. Notice that. <laughs> what, is that what does that mean? Straights? Huh? Hmm. Huh? Funny. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But love it though. We love it. Like I mean, we I love, love it. it. Oh yeah, no. We we support all gay villains. All vill- <laughs> all villains are gay. Um And like you mentioned before, Rictus Erectus. Rictus Erectus, girl. Mm. Mm. He's so hot. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And he has a necklace made of baby doll heads. Um, love it. Major. <laughs> Give me that fucking thing. We fucking love it. Oh, uh, something else that's gay about this movie. That part where they're like going to like the green place or the green land or whatever the fuck it's called. Green like those like crow walking things. Yes. At night. I was like, wow, this is like yeah. knife video tease. <laughs> like this is, this is gay. This is gay shit right here. This is gay <laughs> this goth is silent shit. silent shout era, girl. <laughs> Notice the gay goth thing also gets brought up a lot with us. Just mm. a lot of gay goth shit gay shows up. <laughs> In these we movies. did just watch Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude, holy shit. I would say we do it for the Patreon, but I do not want to watch that movie for it's, a while. It is a, it is a, it's the most difficult movie to watch that's fun, question mark? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird because Mad Max is like 210 and <laughs> Repo is as clean 92 minutes, yet Repo feels like it's days long. Oh, it feels so much longer than this movie. I yeah. actually remember. I guess I feel like I have a different grasp on like how long movies feel because I feel like after we watched my Max Fury Road a couple, sorry, just burped a couple months ago. Um, I, uh, I remember being like, I feel like the movie's like really fast paced. I can't believe it's like two hours. And everyone was like, Oh, I can believe it's two hours. I was like, Oh, I really felt like the movie like really goes at like a nice pace. I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that like everything that's in the movie needs to be in there. Yeah. I don't maybe know what the, I take out. Maybe but. the beginning sequence, it, like, goes on for a little too long. 
like a lot of like the setup stuff. It's just kind of like, all right, let's just like get on the fucking road. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that. Um, what else is gay in this movie is Furiosa saying bullet farmers coming from the bullet farm. <laughs> you know it's really oh. funny <laughs> sorry go ahead no you're fine i was gonna say that I, it's really funny that you brought that up because i was like watching it earlier with subtitles and i at the beginning they also say they're gonna go to gas town they're gonna go get <laughs> gasoline from gas town i remember like my ears perking up and being like huh <laughs> like, I, don't really, I don't think i thought it gay or straight but i thought i think that's kind of it's kind of like in the beginning of Shit's creek when he meets stevie and he goes you're kind of funny <laughs> like i feel like that's that was yeah, me with George Miller. I was like, that was kind of funny. I like it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and it's not in the movie, but at the Academy Awards, when costume designer Jenny Beaven accepted her Oscar for Best Costume Design, bitch came down. She's like a 900-year-old lesbian from Australia <laughs> who is spray tanned to the gods and has a rhinestone leather jacket and walks up to accept it. Bitch, that's gay. That is very gay. And actually, uh, I looked up a video of that earlier and i was like this is incredible it's iconic. like she's definitely like you could tell that she's the kind of person that's probably like i mean at the oscars like fucking like i don't yeah. know how i got here but hell yeah dude this is fucking she's cool. so mad that she had to fly she's like i why am i in america yeah so much yeah she was probably just like is this over yet um but like got her oscar killed yeah. it on the costumes i mean the product did it yeah. did it win for production design as well uh, i think it won like every below the line it did it was like the movie that year that won it was like kind of like the black panther of the year where it like yeah. won a bunch of stuff but then didn't win like major major awards um, let's see let's look that academy awards up oh it has its own wikipedia page major now that's it won gay. it won six um, it won six Oscars. Film editing, which of course I mentioned I loved. Production design, costume design, makeup and hairstyling, sound mixing, and sound editing. Which actually I wanted to mention that like uh, the sound effects in this movie are like fucking bonkers. Like oh, yeah. cartoonishly bonkers. And I love it. Oh yeah. It. There will be no clips uh, throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, you would be like, what am I listening to? You're like, what is this? Is this... Is this like all, is this is this is this, is this noise music? <laughs> is this Pharmacon? Is this Pharmacon? Girl, is this Lingua Ignata, honey? <laughs> um, but like, oh, I something that's really gay about this movie, I think, and we mentioned this already a little bit, is the bad acting by the bad models in this movie. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like their costumes straight, but just the fact that yeah. they're like hot girls, just like being in a movie, just kind of being like, oh wow, we can't go back there. <laughs> like, I feel like that's gay to me. The only good one is the really, really blonde one with the gap teeth. <laughs> Like yeah, a lot. The, she the, yeah, she's awesome. Where she goes, what'd she say? She's like, slither. Like, what'd she fucking say? <laughs> what the fuck was that? So. You know what I'm fucking talking about, yeah. though, right? Yeah. And she's like praying, and they're like, who is she praying to anyone who's listening? And she's like doing like fully voguing. I will say this, though. Bitch. I thought the score was so iconic in this movie originally, but god damn it, it is so fucking repetitive. Like for like two hours straight, that exact melody. And I think sometimes it 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 kind of does the movie a disservice, but it also brings it into camp at all times. Yeah. Which I have to That's the guy who does all the fucking DC movies, Junkie XL. Oh, it is? Okay, that makes sense. He did that like terrible Wonder Woman score that's like I can't even, I don't even know, but it has, yeah, he does all the, he did Tomb Raider, Justice League, uh, okay. Godzilla versus Kong upcoming. That 
makes yeah. that checks out. Yeah. But yeah, I think for me, yeah, it's such a, it's such a, this one's kind of a strange one, I think, for us, because I think that this movie is a great example of like a really, really straight movie that almost like transcends its straightness because it's just yeah. so creative. But all the creativity that it's, it has doesn't really have like that much of a lick of gayness to it. No. <laughs> like, I, I kind of, like, love that about the movie. It's almost like a people into, like, a straight man's, like, chaotic mind. And exactly. I I love, yeah, this is being John Malkovich, but... <laughs> exactly. It's like Cameron Diaz. And we're Cameron Diaz. And we're, like, it feels... Oh, my God, what's that amazing line from being John Malkovich? Like, she says, like she says, it's like he has a penis and a vagina. It's like, va- <laughs> it's like it's kind of vaginal that, like, John Malkovich yeah. has a portal. That's, like, gotta be one of my favorite lines in a movie of all time. Yes. Beautiful. That's so funny and brilliant. But yeah, overall, yeah, I think that there's definitely some gay things in this movie. Usually, mostly the villain BDSM angle. But overall, yeah. <laughs> she's straight honey. Even she's Furiosa. Straight. Even Furios, Furiosa's character. But, I love her to death, but it is like... Like, she might be the best female action hero since The Bride, but I feel like The Bride is a little bit more like of a gay story and a gay character oh. for me. The thing that makes the bride single-handedly gay is her trying to move her fucking big toe in the hospital bed. That's the gayest scene in the entire world. It's, it's like, so Ooh. gay. Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish makes all of his like straight-ass <laughs> movies end up being kind of gay anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fetishes are gay. Fetishes uh, are gay. Does, I don't care. <laughs> um, I don't care if your fetish is boobs. It's gay. All right. Well, I guess now that we've talked about the movie quite a bit and ran down what made it gay and straight and everything in between, it's time for our gay recommendation where we uh, take some time out to recommend some similar ish, (laughs) ish, strong on the ish (laughs) Ish. movies for our viewers that want to watch something a little bit more gay. Yeah. So Dylan, you want me to, I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. It's fine. I'm being kind of fake though. Okay. Oh, I'll go the... first then. Yeah, yeah. Mine's kind of fake, so you go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um. So ever since I recommended Nutcracker in the Four Realms, I uh, something has been unleashed inside of me, um, oh, God. and I Here feel like go. I should only only recommend Chaos. I will wake up every day and choose violence with this section. Um. I could. I would say. I mean, it's easy to say watch Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Right. Uh, Tina Turner makes it gay. That's the easy answer. We're not the easy answer kind of podcast. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. We're the we're the psychotic <laughs> shit. You hear how many times we referenced the knife this episode? Yeah, yikes. Most of y'all are probably uh, like, who? Who? What? Who the huh? fuck? I know heartbeats yeah. from that guy. Um, yeah, that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> has Birdie covered heartbeats? I feel like she would have. Um, I'm cutting this out. Anyway, uh, I'm suggesting another movie about a group of people trying to find food and water in a desolate hellscape. And a man who doesn't know what they're doing, but leaves everyone, and a woman who eventually just takes over. And that movie, of course, is Kelly Reichardt's Meek's Cutoff. Oh my god, don't. <laughs> so, you know how Mad Max Fury Road is loud as shit, and fast-paced, and is psychotic? Meek's Cutoff is a, a gentle whisper of a it's no, it's not, it's no night moves. If you want an action-based Kelly Reichardt movie, please watch Night Moves. Just watch all of Kelly's movies. I mean, Girl, honestly, watch every she's, she's great. But it's, yeah, it's hit after hit after hit. Meeks cut off. It's great. You said what makes a movie gay is if it's just it, it's just a, a gentle nod of a movie, just something that you kind of like, just kind of watch. I mean, I guess the one thing that Meeks cut off and Mad Max Fury Road definitely have in common is there kinds of movies that like you let happen to you. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, you're kind of like, I don't know what I just watched. 
Yeah, you both. They both wash over you. One is a cold shower. No, one is like a boiling hot water. One is like somebody throwing soup at you or something. Right. <laughs> and then Meek's cut off is just like a, a mist. It's like standing under a misting fan. Yeah, it kind of is. It's like a misting fan. It's just like a little bit irritating because there are like little weird things that happen in that movie, but nothing yeah. ever really like. No. And it stars. Movie, but it stars it just... Michelle Williams, who has never been in a straight movie. Oh my god! No, no, you're right. Oh my god! Yeah. No, I, I know you. I know you love Kenneth Lonergan, Dylan. But like Manchester by the Sea is not a, a gay movie. <laughs> okay, you're right. Damn it. Okay, she's been in. But one her performance and a half. in it is very gay. Yes. I will say that. Look, it is gay that she's in three scenes. Basically, <laughs> it is. It's gay that she like was nominated for an Oscar for like three really amazing scenes of work. We're doing the the eighth time she's done that exact performance. I know, but I do Poor agree girl. that everything else she's ever done, Dick. But I'm a cheerleader. Brokeback Mountain, obviously. Yeah. My week with uh, Marilyn. Blue oh, Valentine. Yeah, <laughs> mm, okay, Blue Valentine, straight also. <laughs> but Blue Valentine's like a gay movie made for straight people, kind of. It's like they yeah, take she... like a, a tragic gay love story, essentially, and just make a straight movie out of it. I she didn't like Blue Valentine. Um, we're digre- now we're just talking about Michelle Williams, girl. Yeah, we're talking about Michelle Williams. This is what happens when two gays talk about movies. You just end up talking about <laughs> Michelle Williams for an hour. <laughs> Um, All right, Kirk, what about you? So mine's fake because I actually haven't seen this film. (laughs) But it's like, girl, like you look at the cover of this movie and it's hard not to compare. I'm talking about the uh, Australian movie, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Bitch. Okay. Yes, that's the move. I know. I I know I'm being fake. I will recommend it for you. Don't worry. Okay, I will watch it because I want to watch it because I just rewatched To Wong Fu and everyone, like, when it came out was like, it's just ripping up Priscilla and I want to see Priscilla because I heard it's amazing. But it is incredible. It's a road trip movie set in the Australian outback. And I'm pretty sure if I read the Wikipedia, I kind of glazed the Wikipedia. I'm sorry, everybody, because I went to like, but like, I'm pretty sure some the the thing they're on breaks down. It sure does. It, it breaks down. down things happen. Find it. Yeah. So uh, like, and, oh, so that's good. the same plot to Fury Road. It's the same plot to Fury yeah. Road, except there's drag queens. <laughs> um, yeah, they're trying to get to Gas City, which I think in this town is uh, they're just trying to get across Australia. Yeah, it's they're incredible. just trying to get across the outback, which I've it's heard so is a very arduous good. process. Yeah, I've heard really great things about it, and I know I'm being, also. I, I truly couldn't think of anything else though. Also, it won the also won the Academy Award for Best Costume Design. <gasps> Oh my god, did Miss Jenny Bevan went? went? Is it the uh, same? Actually, I mean, how many costume designers are in the Australian movie? Yeah, world? no, exactly. No, this one's, it's the woman, she wore this iconic um, uh, credit card dress. She wore this dress made entirely out of gold American Expresses. Wow. Yes. I love that. Yes. That's amazing. Iconic. She's a legend. It was costume design. I will edit this. Do not worry. Um... Someone named Lizzie Gard- uh, Gardiner. Love. Well, Lizzie, I mean, well, I know I'm being fake again because I'm like, oh, yeah, Lizzie, love your work. It's like, bitch, I haven't seen your work. But and I will and I'm going to love it. she designed the costumes for the gayest Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The one that uh, John Woo did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my like God. everywhere. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> Tom Cruise has this, like, slicked back, like, long hair moment. Yes, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that movie made me – I remember there being a lot of, like, slow motion – like leaps in the air in that oh, film. Yeah, right. I have not seen this movie since I was like twelve, but that's it's what major. I remember. I fucking love it. That's so <sighs> good. But yeah, I think that like for me, yeah, for me, it's like 
there's no other movie like Mad Max Fury Road, at least on the action movie level. So that's why for me, it was like I had to kind of go in the direction of like setting. Because I think that is really the other yeah. than the visual effects and the stunts and stuff like that about Mad Max. It's like all about the setting and it's yeah. that, that beautiful desert setting of the film. Exactly. So yeah, so watch Meeks cut off and Priscilla clean of the desert and yeah. Mad Max Fury Road for the most insane triple feature. Yeah, right. Yeah. For like <laughs> a desert triple feature. Start with Meeks cut off. <laughs> yeah, Dude, or you could start, or else. you could like just fall asleep to Meeks cut off at the very oh, yeah. end. It'd be but like that'd be a lovely movie okay. to nap to. Yeah, and I love Kelly. If you hear this, I love your work. Kelly, please listen. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Kelly doesn't give a fuck about us, <laughs> but we love you, Kelly. <laughs> all, all right. right well that's it that's yeah. it for the episode episode three episode three baby we did it um my name is dylan garcia and you can find me on twitter at dylan garcia on instagram at garcia i tried to change it to dylan garcia today and someone else has it Ugh. yeah you're gonna need to write to dylan them garcia are you kidding me Ugh. Uh, and then you can also find me at letterboxd uh at garcia and that's where you'll find a list of all of our movies that we're watching yeah, and my name is Kirk, and you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Kirk Van Sickle. Uh, my full name without all the vowels, except for the E at the end. You'll see it down below. You'll see it. You'll see it. Yeah, it'll make sense. <laughs> uh, um, then also be sure to check out MovieClubATX.com. This is our home. Uh, this is where we, with some friends of ours, some great behind-the-scenes friends of ours, we watch a movie based on rotating themes every week, and then we talk about them yeah so go it's ahead so and fun. check it out there and uh it's, we have everything we've ever watched there all of our awards all of our brackets and then plus information about how to form your own little movie club it's nerdy it's fun it's amazing you have to start your own movie club it's the best. it'll change your life i love it it's so amazing we love it so much <sighs> all right well that's it we will see you next week bye, bye. now came talk talk